0: I love City Image.
1: All right, welcome to another episode of the City Image mm-hmm. Podcast. Wow. And to just mention the elephant in the room. Yes, we're all wearing the same exact clothes from the last episode because <laughs> yeah. it was filmed at the exact same time as the last episode. But we decided to chop it in two because it was just so much depth to go into. Uh, if you don't know, we're talking Black Panther and we invite you, if you did not see episode one, Please go check that out. So many things we we got a chance to discuss there. Uh, But we definitely wanted to uh, have another episode talking about Killmonger and certain themes running through the film. Uh, So, yes, uh, for those who don't know who I am, (laughs) I am Bryant the Theological Giant back in the building. Mm. Who's with me
2: on this? Hey. (laughs) <laughs>
3: your boy Rich <reached> the husband.
2: <laughs> Got Daniel the creator
0: I saw the messenger. All
1: right, mm. uh, back at you again talking Black Panther. So yeah. gentlemen, uh, one of the things that was done uh, so brilliantly in this film is just the actual realistic depictions uh, of the five tribes of mm. Wakanda to yeah. actual uh, real African peoples. Uh, and so we want to just talk about that authenticity. It was both in the different African dialects and in the dress. Mm. So gentlemen, um, can you just
2: relate some of that to it? Yeah. Well, I mean, just off the bat, I just want to say that that was beautiful. my, my, My name is Daniel, the creator, you know, I focus on different artistic things. I mean, to me, that was just amazing to see all of that just represented very well and just come coming together. I mean, it was beautiful, like different colors, different. Yeah um and if you know anything about uh at tribes in africa um you you can recognize some things um in that um one notable thing is the lesotho tribe or, or inspired right which was the the blankets that uh, like was named Okabe, yeah. uh war i mean that was beautiful i saw that i was like man i want one but <laughs> um yeah and then there's uh, just the way that um um, it, it carries out through um the rest of the tribes in Wakanda is just beautiful, you
0: yeah. know. Yeah. Um I also was impressed. I mean, the uh uh Dora Malaje, the warrior tribe, like the they were inspired by the Maasai. Yo, mm-hmm. shout out to Ruth Carter yes, who designed all of that. I man. mean, just the detail, yes. the yes. beauty, yeah. the vibrancy and the colors, yes, and the languages. Um yes. because uh, you know, you heard different uh, well, the, you know, the main language that was spoken when they had the subtitles mm-hmm. was, I'm going to try to do the, the how do you do that click? <laughs> the, oh, closer. No, uh, yeah, in South <laughs> Africa, that was the main language that was used. Uh, but then you heard different dialects, you like Igbo mm-hmm. uh, dialect. um that Mbaku um, had mm-hmm. and different, you know, just actual accents that these, you know, like Winston Duke is from Tobago. He, you know, he worked yes. on that. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean, That's in a, a very specific it. way, and these different actors and actresses from all over the globe uh, really honed their craft yeah. in a way that uh, gave depth and yeah. and and just honor to these different cultures. Yeah. And I think it, that needed to be, you know, acknowledged and celebrated.
1: Yeah, and, and it's beautiful to see them not shortchanged in any way because. It it would have been reasonable to think that, oh, this is going to be an American audience. They're not really going to notice if we have different accents. But it's like, no, the, to take the time to be so meticulous and so well thought out to just represent Africa well. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I love the twist, the, the futuristic twist that were put on it. Oh, yeah. Like, yo, yeah, I want to cop that, you know, T'Challa, the white that he had on when he Ooh. went into that uh, <laughs> ancestral plane. Yes. Oh, man. And then the black, I mean, with the design, I love that mix of the <laughs> old. Yeah. I'm like, I will straight rock that. Yeah, yes. I want
1: T'Challa's UN suit with the little. Oh, <laughs>
0: with the, yeah, yeah. With the
2: scarf. Yes. Yo, did you guys peep, first of all, I know this is a little left field. Did you guys peep the how similar a lot of the scenes were? to um, Lion King
3: Oh. I've been seeing that. Okay, what's a I, lot of complaints When I saw
2: it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is just like Lion King." Weird. Killmonger like, is
3: Scar, you know.
2: Yes, exactly. And then when he, because when he goes back um, yeah. to the ancestral plane yeah. and
3: he sees Mufasa, in the yeah,
2: it's it like his dad's there. The same <laughs> tree, like yes, you Mufasa. The sky, and I noticed they're mainly because of the, the sky and so the that color. Whitaker Rafiki. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely. <laughs> Yo, that, would that would actually, actually work True, yeah. that actually gotta work Yes. Seriously.
1: Oh, man. All right, gentlemen. So, yeah. we have to talk about the main antagonist in this film, Eric Killmonger. My um, mm. He is, uh, by, the, by many um, sort of analysts, uh, enthusiasts, the best. All the analysts. <laughs> all the analysts. All the nerds. All the nerds. <laughs> all the, nerds. <laughs> all the, nerds. <laughs> the best villain that Marvel has put forward forward uh very complex individual uh someone that i resonated with deeply uh so gentlemen just want to know your thoughts man let's talk eric Hillmonger.
3: Man. where man. do we even begin yeah we just gotta dive well in. let's talk about how we first get introduced to him right so he's in the museum yeah and um yes, he's looking at all these different artifacts and I just love the way he's playing this girl. Yeah. He's like, Oh Mm, yeah, I hear mm, you. mm. I hear you the expert. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about this. Tell (laughs) me about that. Um, so you can already see like, he's a very confident man. Right. Um, very stylish as well. I appreciated that. Um, and then of course, like one of the greatest lines in the whole movie where he really breaks it down for her, uh, where he's just like, yo, I'm going to take this ax, this scythe off your hands. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, she's like oh it's not for sale (laughs) (laughs) and uh i'm gonna have to ask you to leave (laughs) and uh it's just like yo like how do you think your ancestors got this do you think they paid a fair price (laughs) um what a powerful statement uh what did you guys think when y'all heard that
1: man (laughs) at that moment i was like hmm am i gonna not like eric wilmer because he's (laughs) Starting, he's he's starting on the right foot. Like he's you're making him too hot hat. right now. Like okay, um, I'm kind of feeling what you're saying. So at that moment, I'm like okay, because I didn't know, I don't know anything about the comics. I don't know how he's portraying the comics. So I'm seeing this, and obviously, this gets unpacked as the time as it moves forward and his characters developed. A person deeply, deeply concerned about the welfare. Uh, Any the advancement of black people. Mm. So that draws you in immediately. Um, and then obviously, you know, Claw comes in, shoots the guy. It was, it was just overall just a fun scene. Mm-hmm.
0: For me, uh, and I didn't catch all of this the first time around. The first time around, it was just like I was more fixated on like, okay, he's being somewhat sarcastic, mm. and then, you know, whatever. The second time I watched it, I peeped the irony of the situation. Yeah because yeah (laughs) it because at first i thought he was being oversensitive but then you realize no he has peeped out the fact that they are profiling him in the museum yeah Yeah. they see a black man in the museum and they're like okay following him around and he because Mm -hmm. he's trained as a cia operative he's aware of the fact that they're following him around Hmm. and so then he uses the fact that He probably looks to them like uneducated. This white woman clearly knows about African culture more than he does. Meanwhile, she really doesn't know. She misidentifies the artifact that he's going there to get as Benin from Benin when it's actually from Wakanda. Uh And she doesn't even know what what a Wakanda is. (laughs) And um, and I just thought... But then, then ultimately... To get to this place where it's like you're you're afraid that i'm going to steal something that your people stole <laughs> like, you know what I mean? it's just the the irony of that situation and just you know just the layers of it was just so deep and the fact that um his girl i didn't even my wife picked it picked it picked this up was at the coffee table she was the one that put the poison in the drink you know what i mean so yeah. it was like so all the just different strategy and chess game with that Um, And I think in here introduces a very complex and dynamic person. Mm -hmm. And my emotional experience uh, with Killmonger went went from someone that I really didn't like at all because he was opposing uh, Mm T'Challa, even though I liked some of the things he had to say, to by the end, this was the first time ever in a movie where I identified with the villain more than the hero. Yeah. I felt him. Like, now I didn't agree with him yeah. in his approach, but I mean, just the different things that he expressed. And it was like, yo, this is, I felt like my story is an African American. Like, you know what, yeah. what I mean? All the wars, the US wars that he felt like he yeah. participated in. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, just, I felt like he was in a lot of ways hip hop. You know, yeah. just the, that's a
3: great way to the, put it.
0: Yeah. The anger, the edginess the boldness the, the 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 sense of loss that he he had and this yeah. disconnection um and so i just thought that you know at the end when he says a kid from oakland believing in fairy tales like to him this idea of the of yeah. a, of a, of, a, of a wakanda that was wealthy and rich and that he was connected to felt like a fairy tale Yeah. because he was completely disconnected from that and all he knew was I was left and abandoned by the, you know, people. In a place that
1: was very much the opposite of a fairy tale. Growing up in Cali, Mm -hmm. um, seeing, because at one point um when he's talking to his dad and his dad's like no tears for me and he's like no everybody dies here yeah, in this area yeah. no tears so he he's like growing up hearing about this fairy tale and he's living in hell in the projects um but just i i I very much like agree with you Rasul there was this sense in which my mind was like no this plan to 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 bring weapons to Oppressed people all over the world, like that's not gonna work. Like I see his anger and the way he lifts up one of the ladies and the chokes her, and you just see him. Like you know that intellectually, your mind is telling you he's not gonna be, he's not a good king. But in your heart, you're like, I feel him though. I feel his anger, his pain. Um, It captures very much the frustrations we feel as Black people, as oppressed peoples, wanting to have this great liberator. Wanting to put our foot on the necks of our oppressor right now, um, and that there was just it, it he just kind of encapsulated all of that and fed into that. Now you can make an argument on whether that's a good thing to feed into or not, but it's there, and it's in the hearts and minds of many black people's, oppressed peoples all over the world, and Eric hillmonger kind of just encapsulated that and brought that out uh, in a very sophisticated way, so
0: and I felt like the misogyny. And this is why I seen part of hip hop. Like, cause on the one end, I I identify and I, and I and I feel the pain and the anger and the realness. But on the other end, I'm like, yo, he straight capped his girlfriend without even yes. thinking twice.
1: Kill the Dora You know I what I like-
0: mean? Yeah. Like, and then kill the Dora And then and it was just like, you know, gripped up that old woman. Mm-hmm. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just gripped up. Yeah. And it's wow. like, and you see all of that, and yet Wakabi was willing to ignore all of that yeah, because come on. of his own pain, yes. of his own father, you know what I mean? Very true. killed by claw and was Very like, yo, true. let's go. Yes. And I feel like that in, you know, the exchange and the dy- dynamic and in in this, you know, there's these two different visions of how we will respond to uh, to the world and how we will respond to this sense of loss. Um, and so I could relate to it even if I felt like it was the wrong uh, way to go about it. But then the, the other last piece... That I thought was powerful it was the scene that, that the idea that he would want to burn the flowers in the first place is bizarre but only because he has no value for tradition and heritage and legacy yeah. because he didn't have one himself that was that was like he was a part of and so I feel like in a lot of ways that kind of is reflective of kind of the stuff that we have to work through in order to understand our place when you are are dislocated you know from your past in a lot of ways. Yeah, just
3: got kind of to jump in on that point. Um I noticed in the movie when I watched it the second time many people introduced themselves as name son or daughter of name. And I've, I what I found fascinating about that is that this idea of legacy. So we see that also when he goes to the ancestral plane. So it's just like they're always trying to show you like T'Challa is even in being the Black Panther, he's a Black Panther um, in a line of Black Panthers. You know, he's a king in a line of kings, and even with the plants, they're just like, man, we have to take good care of the plants because there's another king that's going to come after you, and and you having you being temporary is something they very much accept, right? Hmm. You're going to pass, and yeah. then your offspring will then take your take your spot, hmm. and then looking at Killmonger, and it's just like, man, he has no clue about legacy yeah and he is just the ultimate power hungry monster where it's just like man i don't even want my son to usurp me yeah so burn everything i'm the last black Panther you're gonna get Uh, and it's so short-sighted but it's also indicative of just like how we don't see legacy we don't actually see past ourselves we're not looking to leave anything yeah Uh, we're looking to just take for ourselves Um, we don't I don't. And, and it exposed me in just my own thinking. I was just like, man, I don't think long term. I don't yeah. think two generations past me. Yeah, you and, know? and I don't think two
1: generations past who came before me. Yeah, me neither. There's no respect for, tradi- like, it just, he captures the, the, the American mindset yeah. versus other countries where so much respect is given to your elders and you're thinking about, coming generations and if we think about coming generations is how to make sure they got money and they're not poor but outside of that like we're not really there's no conscious effort to think through that or to really care about your ancestors and you could you could think about you could you could blame that on the fact that we've been so separated um from our our ancestors and many black americans are not they don't even have their immediate parents in the picture um so can you blame Killmonger for not caring about tradition where he's like, I just brought up, it's just been me. Yeah. And I've had to fend for myself. I'm going to be king. I'm going to liberate the people and that's it. Yeah.
0: So. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And that last line. Oh, man. You Um, want to go there right now? (laughs) Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who knew that death was better than bondage. Hmm. And uh, it was so real. Like, it was just like, I was like, "Wait, is this so Marvel? We still in the yeah, Marvel yeah. universe right now?" Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so, so interesting because you know T'Challa offers this olive branch. Yeah, he you can still end, heal you. You know, and and he sees the beauty of Wakanda, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. yeah, I just thought that was just powerful. So, as much as he was this, you know, very violent and aggressive, but it wasn't just blind craziness. Like it was, it was rooted in pain and a vision that was trying to be helpful. And I think that's really instructive for a lot of our movements, even of liberation to go, you know, we cannot, uh, like, we have to have a bigger vision than just, you know, revenge, you know what I mean? To get to a place of love and to get to a place of let's, you know, be a part of something bigger than ourselves and not, that's what uh, T'Challa kept saying to him is like, you, you want to be like those you hate. And, um, and I think that's always a challenge in in our, in our journey.
3: The oppressor not, I mean, the oppressed wanting to be an oppressor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, what is a uh, Killmonger's father's name again?
0: Injubu. Injobu.
3: N'Jobu. And I was like, yo, the lesson that Wakanda needed from N'Jobu, they got from Killmonger, mm. which is this idea, like, we need to see the world as bigger. We need to see everybody as us. And he died for that. Yeah. But his son was able to bring that same message to T'Challa in a weird, messed up way. Yeah, in a messed but up way. But he's yeah. the the uh, the factor that changed T'Challa's heart and yeah. moved him towards like, no, we need to open right. up a lot more. Yeah.
2: yeah, and you see that how like how Hub said he is at his father for letting, oh, you know, Eric stay. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying.
1: So in, in many ways Killmonger sort of like with with, you know the Black Panther doesn't survive without the women in his life he almost he doesn't have a grander view of what it means to be a king and care for for the oppressed without Killmonger kind of Upsetting that whole framework and causing him to see that his his, his all his, his his father was wrong for abandoning him and um beginning to reframe uh his his whole vision for what it what what it means to uh care for others from this place of having all these resources and having all all this power so in many respects like Killmonger is kind of like the hero because he br- helps bring this vision. Uh, obviously, he wanted to go about it in the wrong way, and um, he he was a monster. But uh, th- it it does help to. Um, s- to, to well, try to reformulate, yeah. but
2: I, I do think it, it, it wasn't that alone. I do think it was also um, Nakia's influence. Yeah, you know but
1: but but up until that point, he was resistant to Nikia. Mm-hmm. you know. And so I don't I don't I mean, there's 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 a couple of things, there's there's a couple of things kind of going in into that, you know, feeding that. But I mean, eventually he does recognize the need that this is. Uh, we, we have to change the way we're doing things.
3: Yeah, definitely. We just want to get you guys thoughts on uh, when Killmonger shows up, he does what, you know, T'Challa couldn't do. He brings Claw. Um Wakabi is like, oh, shoot, maybe this is the guy. And um, he busts into the throne room and he's like, yo, I want a challenge. Right. And everyone's like, get this guy out of here. Who are you anyway? And what I found fascinating, a couple things. First of all, he says, ask me who I am. Nobody's responding. And it was just like, man, like. We are so dismissive that he even has a connection there. It's like, whatever. I don't even ask you. Are. I don't really care who you are. And then that one dude is just like, all right, I'll take you up on it. Who are you? And then it was like, Yo, I'm whatever his Son name. Him, Son of And they're like, <gasps> and he had the ring. And it was just like, the in the and they're like, yo, he's royal. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, the whole, oh, <laughs> the whole, hey, auntie. You know, I mean, it was just like, yo, like, man, he is in the bloodline. He's family. Mm -hmm. He belongs there. And uh, he's then able to challenge for the throne. Um, Yeah, just definitely want to get you guys thoughts. Uh, I've definitely felt like it was just very dismissive of his origin. And I was just like, man, are they trying to say something deeper here where it's just like, man, is there a divorce of the African-American in terms of their connection to Africa? You know, almost like, you know, there's no possible way this guy's Wakandan. Get out of here.
1: I think so, and the reason why I think so is, even after it's revealed that he is of royal blood, they continue to call him foreigner, um, and I the, I see that as just a like you're still not quite one of us, you know. And maybe it's some of that is maybe they're they're angry that he eventually does take the throne and whatnot, and they do respect his blood right to challenge, but there's this distinction that he still isn't quite one of us, and I think that that is just a blatant sort of. Um, disrespect and pushing away of his um, the, his connection to them it, it could also be linked to just the kind of the embarrassment that in Jobu um, is kind of like the person that is killed mm-hmm. and like you know uh, and Chaka tries to like hide that and so there's kind of like this family secret that they're probably still kind of hot trying to hide too. Yeah, so that's true because he was like,
3: "Look, my dad had panther claws in his chest." Yeah, and I
1: was like, "Oh, sh- you're
3: not supposed to talk about
1: that." And yeah. then, um, gosh, what's um, oh uh, gosh, Forrest Whitaker's character, Zuri. Zuri. Um, he at one point when he's finally telling the story to T'Challa, he's like, "It's the lie that we chose to kind of uphold, right?" Yeah. Uphold. So I think. Part of the embarrassment is just the sense in which, like, this is the family secret. This is the stuff we have in the closet. So mm-hmm. kind of wanting to push that push that
3: to the side. Yeah, that's good. I definitely felt the same way.
0: Yeah, that was definitely a powerful scene. And again, like I said, that's part of the African diasporic dialogue that we see in this movie that can actually help heal and move us toward a direction. Because now we have a piece of art that is celebrated And that we were all involved in and and that can actually start a conversation around what does it mean for us to have these parts because it is sad that, and I, I guess this is why I have an empathy toward Killmonger and I don't just see him as just some maniacal you know crazy person because in in the end i actually think that really the bigger villain in the story is like the wakandan you know response and perspective that creates killmonger in the first place they said you know actually uh t'challa says this that he's the he's a monster of our own making and he says i must right these wrongs you know uh, you know and after his father says he's the truth that we chose to omit and i think that there is a powerful statement about what does it look like the irony as an African-American person to be looked down upon and to be, you know, by an, you know, an African person or a Caribbean person as if I, we chose our circumstances and, and as if we're not the same people, like, you know um, so I think that there's a power behind that truth to be reckoned with and to be reconciled. And yet at the same time, the reality that we are, to be held accountable for the individual choices that we make, and I think just think that is a beautifully complex uh, conversation uh, that Kilmonger uh, kind of exposes. But
1: well, one thing I wanted to talk about with Killmonger, I was reading certain think pieces on it, and one of the criticisms I, were, I was seeing was. Um, they were saying that Killmonger is just a portrayal of just the Af- the African-American male as thuggish, um, as they call- one, one commentator called it gangsterism. Um, and as the only sort of American outside of, you know, the white uh, male Ameri- um, American, um, he was, it was just a bad portrayal as the black American. Um, and I just wanted to know, do, do you guys agree with that? Like, what were your thoughts on
3: that? I think Rasul put it really well when he said that Killmonger is hip hop because I definitely think that that's a really good. Those are all the
0: themes we see in the music.
3: Yeah, want to elaborate on that?
0: Yeah, I think that um, you know, one what we said in the last uh, episode about how um, the pressure to make this movie a complete exploration of all of the African diaspora right in 90 to 100 minutes is just uh kind of unfair I mean you have to tell a story and you have to create villains and heroes and contrast so I feel like you know that's just an underlying thing but um beyond that it's interesting to me too how we don't hold our music to the same scrutiny as we do like a movie. Like I don't hear anybody saying, you know, we shouldn't have this album out that's celebrating and glorifying violence and the, you know, misogyny because it's bad. Like, but we do it when uh, in a movie. So I, I just think that's interesting. But so for me personally, like I said, I identified with Killmonger cause I felt like it was a raw nerve and that's what hip hop is. It's like, everything that's a like it's just raw it's real it's ugly in some places it's beautiful in other places and i'm not going to apologize for or or i'm not going to try to defend the stuff that's ugly and i'm going to say yo that's ugly and I, but i am going to also celebrate and, and identify the parts that i feel like are true and that represent truth and i think the ability to I, to 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 call all of it out for what it is is significant, but not so just what it is, but the context from which it comes from. Cause that's you know, the reality is that it's if they would have just made him into this blind rage, that would have been one thing. But the, but when you start to unpack his story and what you see is that he's all these different identities. You know, when Ross first hear him go, no, that's he's not a Wakandan, he's an American. He's one of our guys. He's one of our guys, he's been trained by the CIA. So I think that there's this element in it, cause what I caught the second time I watched it. Was the reality that it wasn't even a coincidence? This dude created this elaborate situation where once T'Chaka dies in civil war, he then launches this plan to connect with Claw to to find a piece of vibranium so that Claw would lead him back and it would expose the Black Panther and he would get led back to. Uh, Wakanda but what they say is he did this on purpose because of the transition of power and you know that that's when you c- tackle uh you know uh, and, and and you know do a regime change in a transition of power so it wasn't even a coincidence that he finds himself in the mix and you know with T'Challa when he begins and i think that that, that exposes uh you know uh, uh, intelligence a strategy uh you know some layers to that but um and then i think at the end there was, there was this a, it's a tragedy. He's a tragic figure, but I think he's not a, I think he's a complex figure too. And so for that, I'm okay with that. Especially given the fact that there is this diasporic conversation that is happening and this awareness. The whole premise of the movie is, yo, we messed up. We need to make it right. Which is why at the end he comes back to Oakland, and, and you know, and, and and to the very spot that it was that's like this aspect of redemption and atonement and it's like i am going to at, we're going to atone for our sins and of the sins of our fathers and we're going to build something where things were destroyed and um and i find hope there and yes he was the only person but i don't see that as a depiction at all of everybody i think that was in fact that you know and it was off camera but N'Jobu thought enough. Of an African American woman to you know, be with her to have a child in the first place. So I didn't take it that way at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, so um, we we got to talk King T'Challa. <laughs> um, what were your your thoughts on his character in the film?
3: yeah so one of the things i really enjoyed about t'challa was just how vulnerable of a hero he was i'm really not used to seeing especially in a marvel cinematic universe um a hero that exposed you know we see killmonger expose him for the ideals that he carries about wakanda and keeping it just very closed and you know the having very strong borders we see um his father you know like finding out his dad carries all these secrets zuri is like complicit in carrying those secrets as well um you know his general is one-upping him in combat he's getting beat up by killmonger he kind of got beat up by mbaku as well um and so it's just like man he is in turmoil right he's just like internal he can't look to his heritage anymore for his confidence he can't look to his own strength for confidence um he can't kind of look to his suit and his identity as a Black Panther because he loses that, right? When once Killmonger is also the Black Panther. And so um, I just was really taken aback by how much um, this is a character who is vulnerable. This is a character who's exposed. This is a character who needs people. This is a very um, human superhero, right? This is not Thor. This is not Tony Stark. This is not someone who comes in to save the day and everyone's just in awe of his abilities. This is someone who's like, man, there's an inner storm inside of him that he's wrestling with, right? And you see that come out whether he's in the suit or not. This is a very um, complex character. And so that's one thing I really appreciated about T'Challa. It's almost like watching him come of age, right and it's just like he was a prince for a really long time and you almost see him like when he when when he loses his ability to to look to his father and he's talking to zuri and so he's like i promised the king and he's like i'm your king now and it was just like oh okay like you're learning what it means to even be in that position um and it's like your first couple of days on the job two dudes ready to beat you up and try to take your job from you and it's just like Man, that's got to be tough. Um, And so I love how they were just able to bring a very human element to a hero in this movie.
0: And it was one I could relate to. And I think that's where, because in what we see in Winter Soldier, um, and I remember the scene when... T'chaka dies, and but before you know, you see this deep love that he has. And, and when he looks at his ring and he just has this resolute, just like, and at that point he is on some revenge. Oh, yeah. he, you know what I mean? Yeah. Very much. Um, but this question that he asks when he interacts with his father in the ancestral plane, am I ready to lead? I'm not ready to lead without you. You know, and I can relate to that. My father passed away, was killed when I was six years old. And um, And the haunting question that is in a lot of young, especially young black men's mind of like, can I be a man without having been led to see what manhood looks like um, is something that I think. and, And the answer to that question being a collective response, a communal response of it takes a village to help us become all of who we're supposed to be. Um, I think is a is a very powerful and strong... And I think that's where T'Challa's strength comes from. The fact that he is willing to listen to Nakia. He is willing to listen to Akoya. He is willing to listen to, you know, these different um, people and be informed and shaped. Because the reality... I think in the fight scene, his restraint is what ends up getting him in trouble. Because there's several moments where he could have just gone all the way and killed Killmonger. Yeah, And he doesn't... And he re- refuses... So even in his um, in his uh, in his lack of wisdom and full sense of you know confidence and like there's still some inner strength in him that we see and I think it makes him a really great figure to learn from and, and that gives him a certain quiet strength that is, uh, is is strong in its own way but in a different way because it values the the the, the insights and the input of other people.
1: Yeah, um, I think all you guys are raising some great points. I think for me, the thing that I love the most about T'Challa was um, you saw in him a man who, although he really had great respect for his father and the traditions, a willingness to, to look them in the eye and say, you were wrong. And that takes a lot from a man um, to do that. And you see him saying very, see, very clearly in the beginning saying, I can't leave without you. I have so much respect for you. I need you around um, to, to come to the point where he, where he recognizes even for someone he doesn't know. Keep in mind, he doesn't know Killmonger. He could have easily just went the cover-up route and, like, you're not part of us. But he's like, no, this was wrong. We did wrong, and we actually need to improve in some of these areas. And it was surprising to me even to see his like when he kind of he's not completely dead but he's in the snow and he's talking to them a second time the ancestors are still selfish in the way they're telling all right time for you to come to us be with us now and he's like no (laughs) i've got to go back and deal with this like you guys not getting it like there's this guy on the throne and he's gonna do all this damage and just that it was it's so noble to see someone um, be willing to to break with tradition that he loves respects honors and and recognizes what is wrong and for me that to me just informs a lot of the things that I do, some of the traditions I uphold, even as a Christian and some of the, maybe even some of the theological traditions that I might hold on to or things that I respect, the need to always re- be reforming, always looking into what you you hold on to, not because you ha- you don't care about the past anymore, but recognizing where could we be doing better and where have we may have been doing completely wrong. And when we're f- being exposed and having to be faced with that having the courage to say we were wrong and we do need to change and we do need to adapt and he and i'm sure there's a whole bunch of things probably going on in his mind how is his how is the wakandan kingdom going to receive this total change in direction. When they've been safe and secluded and thriving, now they're going to be more and more exposed and opening themselves up. And and I'm sure he's probably expecting backlash from that. But the courage of a leader to say, I'm probably gonna be not well liked for this, or maybe he will be liked, I don't know. There's an uncertainty there, but I'm still gonna take us in this direction because I know this is the right thing to do. And I and I found
3: that to be very admirable. Yeah, it's kind of piggyback on that. I was also looking at T'Challa at the end of the movie with a lot of honor and a lot of admiration because, you know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you don't get to see the superhero who is also the political leader of the nation as well. He's a king and he's a superhero. Right. And I was struck because spoilers for Thor Ragnarok, if you haven't seen it. Um, But at the end of Thor Ragnarok, Thor is now in that position where it's like, okay, Asgard is basically on a spaceship and he's like odin's gone and so it's like all on him now and it's just like oh wow i left that like man yo thor how are you gonna do this like yeah you're the you know the god of thunder but can you lead this you know can you lead asgard and then come to see black panther and he's like yo this is what i do like i lead the people and i'm a hero and it was just dope to see like um man someone really lived that out and just show that Um, even as other heroes are starting to now just come into that position for the first time and just kind of seeing him struggle through that and figure out how to do it Um, that was really cool
0: um, I think on a very basic level, um, when you see the backstory um, of the people uh, of Wakanda at war, the different tribes um, in conflict with each other, and then this one particular warrior is kind of chosen and selected to, you know, have this vibranium and unites all the tribes and um, and they still honor him by their choice, they choose to or not, um, but keep and remain their distinctive cultural um, traditions and expressions, that to me looked a lot like the gospel and a lot like heaven, you know, uh, where, you know, I mean, I think about, you know, how God in, you know, Genesis, when he, you know, chapter six, I believe, when you just see you know, that he's grieved at the violence of humanity and the sense of conflict and and murder and just chaos and just greed that kind of is primarily overtaken things and uh, decides to uh, offer this gift of himself, like this this messianic warrior king who will, you know, ultimately um, unite people and uh, give them this era of peace based on them selecting him as their king. And um and of course there's some that will reject him like you know Jabari did um you know at first but uh but ultimately the the beauty of this because ultimately is there's this huge philosophical question of how do we what would we do with the the, the, the things that people have done to us and and in many ways, you know, Killmonger's character represents one approach to that, which is get them back, which is to to go after that. And yet there's another way. And this other way is the is the gospel, this vision for humanity that says it's more expansive than this and we have something to offer the world and, and we're gonna own, you know, uh the way to the cross is to own what we've done wrong, to break with the traditions of our fathers when that tradition doesn't line up theologically spiritually to us but to embrace a bigger vision of ourselves and when we do that humbly and we recognize that with our faults and with our shortcomings that we can still come to that messianic king who you know who's there for us i think that's where we see the reconciliation that's what i I see the gospel in that
3: wow yeah man i want you guys to just have two scenes in your head the scene where uh, t'challa fights Mbaku. In the scene where he's fighting Killmonger in, you know, right in the ritual uh, combat. When he's fighting M'Baku, he's losing. And all of a sudden his mother says, you have to show him who you are. And in that moment is when he gets this burst and he starts to win the fight. But he declares who he is in the fight. He says, I'm T'Challa, son of T'Chaka. And that's how he wins the fight. Now, if we now go to the Killmonger fight, the Killmonger fight happens after he now is exposed to the sin of his father, right? And in that fight, he can't show Killmonger who he is because who he is is locked into this fallen man that he aligned himself with. And what it really showed me is just like, man my identity has to be in something invincible because when my identity is in something that's fallible and it falls apart, I fall apart and I no longer can call on that thing to strengthen me. And so when I think about my own identity, I am pressed to continue to just wash myself in the idea that I am rich son of the King, because I can always call on that in the battles because I really feel like life at all times is asking me who are you show me who you are and in the fight against like depression in the fight for self-esteem in the fight for confidence in the fight for worth and value that i have every single day i have to show it that i am the child of the king because anything else that goes in that place i'm it is fallible and i will eventually have to come to it and say, you are not good enough. You are not strong enough. Your this foundation is 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 shaky. I can't actually stand on this. And watching T'Challa go through that just exposed in me like how um how breakable it is to put your value in what other people think about you. What other people think about you is a T'Chaka. What social media says about you is a tchak. It is a fallible, broken thing that you will soon learn the truth about. And you're just like, man, that's not a legacy that I can call upon in this fight. And so um, that has really been uh, implications for me from this movie, just in terms of my faith. Just like, man, I need to find something invincible to call on, to put my name beside, because in the life's battles, that's all you can call on. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I definitely want to leave our audience with that. That's
1: good. It's good. Yeah, for me, I have uh, two things. One, I think just a very uh, explicit kind of teaching of Jesus over and over again, the need for those who have to care for those who have not. Hmm. (laughs) Um, I think very clearly uh, one of the themes that, that was Eric Killmonger, I mean, obviously he had sort of these black supremacy Things in, the, in the midst yeah. of that but he also did have as a motivation the need to to have the oppressed be liberate, liberated and I think T'Challa comes around and applies a more um peaceable sort of solution in says that we do need to care and obviously you see him go to California and start um he, he erects these centers yeah. for outreach and that sort of thing um, and I think we just have to look at our lives and look at the resources we've been given and I think we, when we look at our lives very closely, we'll, we'll realize that we probably have more than we think we do. We're not all rich kings with billions of trillions of dollars at our disposal like T'Challa, but we have something that we can give to someone else. And I think we have an obligation. Yeah, mm. We have an obligation to care for the needs of others. So that's one thing. And I think, two, um, Wakanda is coming. Mm. Mm. Um, it... We may never see Wakanda here on earth. Yes, we understand fallen world, um, but there is coming a day when every tribe, every nation will rejoice in Christ in the new creation. He will recreate heaven and earth, and we will see peoples african peoples thriving yeah in a country i don't know if it's gonna be called wakanda i don't know Mm -hmm. what it's gonna be maybe maybe (laughs) maybe. right but it's it's coming um and so it gives me great hope and so i'm not no no, don't hear me saying heaven by and by only care about it when you know i'm not saying we don't work to, to you know in this life um try to you know work for black excellence I'm I'm all for that don't hear me sort of putting this into the next age but I know for a fact there is a coming age where the son of man will come and lion will lie down with the lamb there will be peace on earth and nations will thrive um and so that gives me great hope that gives me great hope because one one things one of the things I left the movie Kind of hopeful but sad about was the fact that I didn't see a Wakanda, but then I remember the gospel that there is a time coming when God will establish this and there's not going to be in a, it's not like cultures and stuff will be completely erased. They'll be redeemed. Right. So I'll see peoples of African descent rejoicing and yeah. thriving. And, yeah. you know, I think about the fact that in a new creation, we have all eternity yeah. developed to, to develop technology. <laughs> there we go, And so we're going to have technology that's even better yes. than, <laughs> than Wakanda. So, you know, I, so for me, I I that gives me great hope, mm. you know, um, to know that the, there is a sense in which it, Wakanda is a foretaste, but it, it's coming. You know, man,
3: so. another lesson I learned from Black Panther was that God is really was really teaching me through this movie how to have patience. Mm. Man, in this whole idea of haves and have-nots, um, and just realizing that man, I I am very much, especially as an American, a have. Right, globally, yeah. I'm a have. And what man, one of the most awesome scenes is right at the end when the spaceship comes down and the kids get around it and they're like, "Yo, I'm gonna put this on eBay." And I was <laughs> like, "That is what." everyone looks at and says, you know what? We should have never done this Mm -hmm. because look at how they react when we try to give them something good. It's just like, they don't even appreciate what they have in front of them. And it's like, T'Challa doesn't even he just laughs with them it's like he bypassed because he's like I understand you're not just oppressed physically you're also oppressed mentally you don't even know what to do with what's in front of you and I'm not phased by your initial reaction because I understand that that's your worldview that's all you know is just like oh yeah I could probably get some money off of this yeah it is also my job to have, be patient with you through yes. your, your your initial reactions to having something you never had before. And I'm actually going to teach you how to appreciate it. Yeah, And so it just taught me like, man, like I can be so judgmental even when I'm giving something to someone. Because I'm yeah. just like, man, you didn't appreciate it the way I thought you were going to appreciate it. Or you didn't uh, use it in the way that I thought you were going to use it. But it's like, man, I have to be patient and walk with you. Because sometimes people are so hurt they're hurt to the point where they couldn't even appreciate the gift and he is able to be patient with those kids it's just like man I'm going to have a research center I'm going to have these things that educate them on the real value of what they're seeing eBay is not the greatest value you could put on what I've just shown you but I'm going to show you what the greater value of it is yeah and so I thought that was really awesome
1: beautiful beautiful well guys (laughs) we made it (laughs) we made it (laughs) man Um, (laughs) I'm sure if we thought even more, we could probably come with a third episode, but I think we've done uh, the movie justice. Again, in my opinion, it is, for me, top two movies I've ever seen. I'm still trying to sit with it a little bit longer. The more I sit with it, it might become my favorite movie of all time. But um, I think uh, suffice it to say, man, um, we have, I think, something that's going to survive generations um, and a movie that is so impactful that I think it's going to shape the hearts and minds uh, for for many generations to come. So any final thoughts?
2: Uh, I don't don't have anything else to say.
1: Go see it. Go Go see it. Uh, it. If Uh, if If you haven't seen it. (laughs) uh,
0: If you haven't already, uh, see why. It's already uh, top five, fifth largest open for a movie ever, ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, top three for the biggest open for the second week uh, that's come out. Um, and it's worthy and deserving of all of those accolades and benchmarks. Absolutely. Um, so I say definitely uh, check it out and uh, just continue that conversation and let us know what you think about what we share.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can hit us up at... Uh, City Image Podcast at gmail.com. Share your thoughts. Um, yes, obviously, social media. We're on uh, Facebook, City Image, YouTube. Uh, we'll be on Twitter, The City Image. <laughs> you can find us, hit us up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, signing out, man. Mm-hmm. This is Bryant, the theological giant,
0: Daniel, the creator, Rich, the husband, Russell, the messenger.
1: Peace, guys. See you Peace. in the next one.
2: Peace.